complete this movie's tagline with a different movie title. The tagline for the net is, Escape is impossible when you're caught in... Oh, oh you want me to finish it? Oh, es- Finish it with a different movie. <laughs> escape is impossible if you're caught in the escape room. Oh, shit. This <laughs> In spite is a... of its name. <laughs> it's yeah. really hard to get out of there. I paid what for this? <laughs> I was thinking something like, Escape is impossible when you're caught in The Shawshank Redemption. Because it's a very long film. Oh, okay. you're stuck in the middle of the aisle. You're not getting out of there. I was about to say, you're, you're <laughs> using real film names. But I'm like, no, The Escape Room is a real <laughs> film name. Had... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deborah Ann Wall. Wall? Wall. Wall. I forget her name. But that's I've right. I've not seen them, but I know they're popular enough to have a sequel. I can tell you also that I used to run escape rooms. So there you go. That's Sean Law. <gasps> Sean Law just dropped. <laughs> a little Sean Law drop. I love that. Oh, my God. That can really that can make or break an escape room, I think. What, um, having me in it? Did you have to... <laughs> <laughs> it really can. A lot of uh, escape rooms cheap out on that, and they, they pay the price. Um... We went to an escape room at Christmas, and the other people in there were just a big bunch of drunken lads. And uh, the very meek um, sort of uh, lady who was running the uh, the game uh, took them to task, which is quite fun. Oh, yeah. Basically, no- it was just like, stop your shit now, or we're not going in. No, 90% of the escape room is making sure they don't break the fucking escape room. It's it's like the yeah. majority of your spiel. <laughs> like, don't rip things yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally went home with a pair of gloves that were a vital clue. To one of the games I, f- I looked in my pocket and was like shit and they even told us they even told us sean to check our pockets you didn't bring them back did you you didn't bring the glove back. i did oh you did i actually did oh. i sent an email to the guy and was like hey i've got your gloves i'm so sorry i'll bring it back after work and he was like oh okay you're you're one of we, the we better ones a lot of spares god yeah. bless you paul salt <laughs> yay <laughs> and then i got there and he, le- he lent in and whispered now you've escaped the escape room <gasps> the escape room was my conscious conscience. Fuck it. Well, Fuck, this it. Is it. Fuck the line. Welcome to One Good Thing, the podcast that is the ultimate comp. I'm Dr. Paul Champion, and I'm joined by Cyber Sean Flell. Ooh, hello everyone. All my information is out there for you to find. <laughs> it's out there on the web, guys. <laughs> uh, the plan was to do something about Madam Web, uh, the funniest movie of the year, which came out last weekend. But plans fell through. Uh, fortunately, Sean psychically detected this and has recommended another movie about a woman caught in a sticky, sort of hard to get out of thing. Her net connects them all. It's the 1998 tech thriller, The Net. (laughs) We all live in the age of information. Every trace of our existence is computerized. Everything about us is encoded somewhere on a complex network of information. Computers your life, aren't they? Yes. Perfect hiding place. Computer analyst Angela Bennett was just doing her job. Oh my God. 
when she stumbled onto something what is this she never should have seen i plugged it in and i'm staring at the personal medical files of the undersecretary of defense michael bergstrom someone's tapped into the system how long would it take to track her depends on how long she stays online something why would anybody want to do any of this that reaches farther than she could ever imagine they hack into computers and they cause this chaos wall street the market panic as officials suspended trading the department of water and power in atlanta LAX. We've lost radar contact. Now. Let's find the gun. They're manipulating her world. You can make it reality, won't you choose? According to the Department of Motor Vehicles, you're Ruth Marks. They, they, they've screwed with my information and, and my fingerprints. I don't understand why me. Infiltrating her life. Find whoever she's been speaking to. No, he was not a diabetic. Where? And erasing her identity. We've got an outstanding warrant for Ruth Marks on federal charges. I am Angela Bennett. Just give us the disc and we'll give you your life back. She has the evidence. She's got me the disc. Clever girl. But they have the power. This summer, Sandra Bullock is caught in the net. I get to correct Paul Salt for once on the podcast. <gasps> I think you'll find it's a 1995 thriller, The Net. My oh, good sir. what is this now? Oh, what is this now? <laughs> <laughs> this is highly, highly unusual business. Oh, look at that. You're right. Yes. And it's 1995. Oh, that is firmly in the Sandra Bullock renaissance. Yeah, because of that, that means I now become the host of One Good Thing. <laughs> you got it, sucker! I'm out of here. No! <laughs> <laughs> I'm correcting. I'm correcting my notes just in case. I don't know why. If anyone does ever want to auction off my original scripts for this podcast, they'll probably want to see the error intact. All my um, so yeah. I'll just all my 1998 bits are just thrown out the window now. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> so long being one year into a Labour government here in the UK. <laughs> uh, I'll never be able to get the get the pacing back. Um, it grew out of concerns about identity and surveillance. Uh, the writers were approached to write a movie a bit like The Three Days of the Condor, sort of paranoid thriller. And they wrote something a lot darker, where there was no bad guy, and no one person was responsible for what happened. Like Brazil. Yeah, exactly like Brazil. Oh. Uh, but the producers didn't like that. Like Brazil. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, fuck Brazil, Shit. apparently. <laughs> uh, according to producers. We yeah. want happy endings. So they got Jeremy, Jeremy Northam. Just stick a British guy in there. He can be the bad guy. <laughs> Wait. <Do that. laughs> Giant faceless internet. Eh, British guy. Also, I like that that's a happy ending. It is, I guess. But also, <laughs> I have many questions if, if about hero... her life after the events of the net. <laughs> yes. Where the bad guys learned their lesson and left her alone for the rest of her life. Spoilers. <laughs> it was a conspiracy theory oh, okay. organization of two people. <laughs> <laughs> it was like nobody knows nobody else knows about this not even me uh the writers incidentally are john uh brancato and michael ferris who at the time were better known for classic movies like watches 2 blood fist 2 and femme fatale um I... they would after this write david finch's the game okay oh. yeah 
not too bad. Uh, then Terminator 3, Catwoman, Terminator Salvation, and Surrogates. Jesus yeah. Christ. Surrogates, yeah. the Bruce, the, the 2008 Bruce Willis yeah. film. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That was about a net of sorts. <laughs> yeah. That was actually such a wild film that I remember nothing of. I... Yeah, same, except the famous bit where everybody falls over and makes bowling pin noises. Excuse me? <laughs> there's a bit where Bruce Willis unplugs the net and all of the surrogates collapse and there's like everyone in the world falls over. That's it's amazing. That's I, also, I also realized <laughs> that I'm getting surrogates uh, mixed up with Gamer, uh, which... Oh, similar premise. Yeah, similar time even. Yeah, also just has the greatest boss fight ever of Michael C. Hall. Dancing and fighting! <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Under my skin. Oh, God. Uh, well, their next movie is going to be Trigger Warning, Ooh. which has been described as a female-led mix uh, between First Blood and John Wick, starring Jessica Alba. Oh, okay. Ah, straight to Netflix. Right. Oh. Also, that just feels okay. like that's designed to, you know, uh, rage against the woke mob. A trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> True. Although I think the people who would like to rage against a woke mob will probably be quite triggered by a John Wick starring Jessica Alba. So it's for no one, really. <laughs> Except for Jessica oh, Alba. <laughs> Except for Jessica, it might be her project. We don't know. <laughs> we can hope. But yeah, two untalented screenwriters inexplicably keep finding work. Another Madam Web connection. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it never ends. Uh, fortunately, perhaps, the net is actually a producer-led project. That producer being Rob Cohen. Cohen. Because there's a Cohen. <laughs> there's a Cohen. C-O-W-A-N. Oh. Uh, not Rob Cohen, the incredibly cancelled man. Um, <laughs> Rob Cohen... Um, ha and this is actually his first solo producing credit, but he went on to make The Jura, The Shipping News, The Crazies remake, Chernobyl Diaries, The Conjuring 1 and 2, Aquaman 1 and 2, and San Andreas. So, fun. He, Where is he said they wanted a woman. Say? No, I was just going to say, that is an eclectic uh, resume there that I'm... And again, it, it, always, it always ends in a such an interesting one. Like San Andreas... 2017 <laughs> Dwayne Johnson vehicle. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Which I have seen. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Producers are allowed to have the craziest just gigs. Like, just nothing. There's no auteurship there, so they could just make the maddest shit. Um, he incidentally said they wanted a woman in the lead for this because they're more empathetic and much more vulnerable. Cool, 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 cool. Great. 95. That's the only reason, I guess. Nine. Yeah, it's the only reason to put a woman in your film. Um, the director is Irvin Winkler, uh, who said that he fell madly in love with Bullock in auditions and even told his wife that he was in love with her. And what? surprisingly, she didn't want to take the role on right away. What, what do you mean? <laughs> Don't. Don't. These are in inside thoughts in your head. Keep them there. <laughs> it's your inside uh, voice. And by yeah. that inside voice, I mean inside your think, head. Think it. <laughs> yeah, look, think look it. Paul, it's 930 in the morning. I'm not at my best. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was there was something about the direct, I mean the script, that she just didn't like. Uh, Rinkler incidentally had previously directed Guilty by Suspicion and Night in the City. Oh, and he also produced Point Blake, uh, Point Blank. Point Blake. They shoot horses, don't they? Point Blake. Just an ordinary um, man trying to make his way as a surfer. Point Blake. Just mind my own business here, trying to catch some waves. 
Um, yeah, he uh, he directed those two movies, but then he produced Point Blank, They Shoot Horses, Don't They, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, and all of the Rockies up to and including Creed Creed Three. He's the reason Sly's not in it because they fell out. I was going to say because this uh, um, Irvin Winkler is quite a, a prolific Academy Award winning producer. Is that not correct? Yes. Yes. Not director, certainly. No, none of them. <laughs> No, producing he seems to he can he can produce a good film. But direction ugh. And unfortunately this movie had as producer Irvin Rinkler, um Rob Cohen. So everybody needed to swap their positions one to the left and this would have been a masterpiece. <laughs> I can't wait to get into this. Oh god, we're, we're getting there. Um I'm guessing he also fell out with the film critics at the time because critics reacted to this film like there was nowhere to plug in their modem. Whoop whoop John Harkness at Sight and Sound said, The net is the work of a print-era intelligence rejecting the evolutionary future, fearing that if everyone has a computer, people who can write software will control the known universe. People express similar fears about the introduction of the automobile, but people who can fix the transmission on a Buick have yet to achieve lasting political power. I love that, because that analogy holds true, because Elon Musk might wield um, terrifying political power in this world, but you know shit about what he's selling. He can't program... <laughs> I also like the, the engineer. I like the allusion to the automobile because that's the other Sandra Bullock styling <laughs> vehicle, speed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we were all terrified that the Sandra Bullocks of the world would take over <laughs> because of their uncannity ability to handle buses. Preempt the fears of the yet. world. <laughs> um, slightly more straightforwardly, uh, Jonathan Rosenbaum uh, wrote for the Chicago Reader, a fellow without frills. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he took the rest of the afternoon off. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, done deal. You collect your paycheck, go home. <laughs> done it. <laughs> Someone else can do a plot summary. You should feel Bye. proud. <laughs> Bye, Chicago reader. What are you talking about? Chicago! I can't do. Can't I'm do walking it. here, I guess. <laughs> it's New York, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> they, they also, they also They're walk all walking here. That might be one of those cities that's only built for cars. <laughs> no. Uh, the public, on the other hand, had visions of sponge baths dancing in their heads. Uh, Fit as fuck fitness, or FA Fitness on Google said, in their five-star review, It is worth a watch, guys. I love this movie. I have seen it a bunch of times. I watch it every ten years. My first introduction to SB was this movie. It is as it is a great movie, but I do not understand why the IMDb is only 5.9. Oh well, goes to show you cannot always go by what IMDb tells us. That's ironically part of the movie, but the point of the movie. Also, I trust the computer. I'm, s- I'm sorry. Did they give? There's a lot to unpack. Did they give Sandra a n- Sandra Bullock a nickname? Oh, SB, <laughs> SB, old SB. SB. Yeah, yeah. That's how. This is how I got into SB. Old SB. <laughs> There's so much to unpack. Why every ten years? Why is this seemingly a f- a fitness? What did <laughs> you say the name was it again? What was the name of the fit? Fit as fuck fitness or FA fitness. Fit as fuck fitness. I need to check if these guys are still going. I'm really curious and how and if they're still keeping up their decade, once a decade watch of the net. <laughs> their for film SB's reviews. Sake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh Christ! Well, the film has 45% on Rotten Tomatoes, 51% on Metacritic, 67% on Google, but made a bunch of money, which is why we also have a TV spin-off show, uh, series. And a direct-to-video sequel directed by Winkler's son. Yeah! Nepotism. It's harmless if nobody notices. <laughs> <laughs> Including the father. 
<laughs> so, Sean, you are uh, you somebody's favourite. Yay! <laughs> What's one thing about the net? <laughs> I'm so tired. Of, I'm not even ready for the title of the movie when it shows up. The net. I'm like the net. What the fuck is that? <laughs> 1998's the net. What? 1998's that was one thing about no- you know what sphere was 1998 maybe i'm just stuck in last week's nose uh what is one thing about the net that made you uh make the world safe for democracy by which of course i mean why the net okay two reasons three reasons actually several reasons okay number one Let's have i used to be here okay. here more sean law i used to work in a video store i did for about five years Ooh. and i was forced basically under gunpoint that i had to hire out films because <laughs> the way that my boss suggested it was if you're working at a video store you got to watch movies i was like okay fine okay. i picked Makes sense. i picked up the net and I I adored it. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And I it was my first foray into Sandra Bullock because I then immediately picked up... Into SB. Sp- speed, into SB. Sorry. We're <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I immediately picked up Speed after that. And I... Oh, fuck your upgrade. It was my first <laughs> celebrity crush as well where I went, oh, I'm... Oh, God, she's gorgeous. I'm wildly into Sandra Bullock. She's the most charming mm. woman uh, that I'd ever seen on screen. Uh, and it's a big part mm. of the charm of this film. The second reason was it's because I always bring movies to you, generally from the 90s and generally films that I have or had a particular love for and I want to see how it holds up. Sure. Um, and I'm just, yeah. I'm also fascinated to bring them because I'd love to hear your early opinions on it just to see where you're going to go throughout this episode. Because mm. for me, I still fucking love this movie, Paul. Ooh. I think it's so <laughs> good. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I thought love I was going to hate love it. Love this energy. That's yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get into this. This is gonna be good stuff. But yeah, I had a I had a big crush on Sandra Bullock as well. And from my memory, it came about as a result of Demolition Man. I was hoping you weren't going to say Crash. <laughs> a very weird. <laughs> no, it's weird. I don't think I watched many of the sort of well-respected noughties, um SB vehicles like Crash or um, The Blind Side. I yes. mainly stick to the sort of disposable crap she's done. <laughs> Lake House. <laughs> Lake House, indeed. I've seen Lake House. I've seen Lake House. I've seen The Lost City. I have seen The Heat, but I have not seen The Blind Side. Oh, well. One day. Speed 2. Speed two cruise control. Yes. <sighs> but yes, let's let's have a look at what happens in the net. And ooh, am I watching the Terminator? Oh no, it is the net. The no the, the titles that is an, um, an amazing transition between just random computer shit and the title screen, which uh, it firmly establishes we're in the nineties. So my I am in my happy place. We certainly are. <laughs> we meet the first of what I expect shall be many doughy middle-aged white men uh, looking tense he's gonna ki- he's just found out some bad news on the phone so he's gonna kill himself in the least upsetting place possible a public park in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the day but, but also you know I will say this I, I, I feel like it's just gonna be me defending against your jokes and I don't mean to but I love how blasé this scene is you do not see it coming and there's no like tense emotional swell there's just uh, it, there's such a subtle conversation with his family She's like well guess I'll see you later casually brings out the gun yeah. casual and I'm immediately drawn to the idea of what did they actually do on set to make all the birds fly the fuck away 
Oh, you could have fired a blank. I was you like, could have done that. Yeah, you I was have... like, you or just had the director bird. shoot. <laughs> ah! ah! Get away! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, I did see it coming a little bit because the nature of the conversation was very absolutely, honey. Yup. Yep. I love you too. I'll be home very, very soon. Honest. Yes. Definitely soon. Look out for me. Pulling into the driveway. Bye. <laughs> I also love the uh, the writer's inability to understand what the kids are doing these days. Like, yes, you can do Nintendo and... What is it? Nintendo and Sega. <laughs> oh, yeah, Nintendo and Sega at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, boy, I love this. Choices. Uh, but, yes, we, we cut... We cut to Sandra Bullock living an absolutely standard 21st century life, but she's doing it in the 20th century, so it's horrible and bleak. She uses words like install and escape button. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> she's a hacker in the 90s. <laughs> she is hacking the system. Um, she also takes, parts, uh, takes part in chat rooms. And Jesus Christ, imagine if WhatsApp spoke to you all of your messages in that voice. Oh my God. I, I understand that it's a narrative device just so that we, can, we don't have to just sit there reading words without, without using our Ugh, brains, fine. our inside voices. I can do that. <laughs> Put the words on, sc- on the, like, the background of the scene, like a 21st century film. And, you know, like, like SB, I also read out all the words that I type at the same time. <laughs> it's for the best, uh, you know. It's it's very early speech to text software. Yes. I admire that in SB. Um yeah, so she's basically a recluse. She's working from home. She's doing software stuff. She even orders pizza through um through her computer in a hilarious sort of graphic adjusting option. I wouldn't mind these days if Uber Eats introduced that. It made pizza uh ordering look fun. It looked really fun. <laughs> and it, it, it ended up being the only note that I wrote for this entire film because then I thought I'll just use my indoor <laughs> in, inside voice to remember all the other notes. But <laughs> yeah. it was perfect. A large pizza, a massive pizza was $14. Like, when did that? Yeah. Oh my God. The 90s were a crazy <laughs> time for affordable pizza. <laughs> Affordable pizzas, guys. And yeah, she goes and visits her mum, who's got Alzheimer's, but luckily she can afford for that to not have a massive impact on her day-to-day, so we can keep it light. <laughs> we don't yeah. have to go still Alice on this. But I do, ab- you know what? I do appreciate the, again, just that they don't make a mass. It's not the, the what I was really worried about was you'd have the mother constantly doing the, uh, oh, s- scrunching, worried face and, and really playing up in a... Mm. Like playing up yes, the no, Alzheimer's was... in a problematic way, but it just felt a little bit more kind of subdued and subtle and, and, and normalized in a sense. It did. I recognize the actor playing her, but I not by name. Um, but yes, she she gives a very subtle performance of the whole thing, which yes. is good stuff. But SB is about to go on holiday when work sends her a big scary case because she's like a, a debugger. She like... Um, looks at various viruses and stuff and sort of deconstructs them. But also seems to be important. Seems to be that as a freelancer because she doesn't strictly work for the company. So I'm actually not... Or maybe... Or maybe she does. Maybe she just works from home. Yeah. She's just super work from home. I just... I don't... (laughs) I don't... I'm not entirely in the know of what Sandra Bullock's job title is, but I know it's debugging. No. It's debugging. And yeah. Come on, there's a movie premise to be had. And he tells her to uh, click on it and then press control shift. Don't you mean control shift and that you know what it's fine. It's fine. The target audience of this in the nineties were for people who'd just about heard of computers. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and never got a computer after this. <laughs> computer sales went yeah. down. <laughs> oh, these things like the net's gonna kill off this crazy fad <laughs> that is 
the personal computer. You can't trust it, folks. Uh, but yeah, her boss is like, anyway, weird, huh? Oh, well, I guess I'll fly out there in my personal plane that I have and can fly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell anyone where you're going. I won't. I... See you soon. <laughs> have we ever met before? <laughs> no. Well, I'm okay with that then. <laughs> I can land in your driveway. So, yeah, unfortunately, his plane crashes. He dies. Uh, but she's still going on holiday, goddammit, because she deserves this. I, I've already booked the tickets. Yeah, and you can't get those things refunded even in the 90s. But all the flights are cancelled. <gasps> the net got to them. That's how the but net works. There anyway. Maybe they just needed to get Jeremy Northam in place before. You've got to get this guy over there before she can be allowed to start her chill beach holiday. Also, have we have we uh, <sighs> introduced the gatekeeper uh, gatekeeper virus at this point? I think it's mentioned off the cuff. Uh, yeah, gatekeepers about. There's a big, yeah, it, it's a firewall. I think that the government's using. Yeah, it's a security program that's just been implemented in the last yeah. six months. Yeah, it's about. Anyway, is that business or pleasure? Is there a difference? Not a great deal if you're a hacker. Nice piece of hardware. I, I assume you're in the business. Isn't everybody? Nope. <sighs> God, we're pathetic, aren't we? Excuse me? Well, we're here. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and... All we can think about is where... Where can I hook up my modem? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jeremy Northam is here and seduces uh, Sandra Bullock. Gets all entangled and it's like, uh, yeah, he's British. Yes. And therefore, and rich. And therefore, a good prospect. And the most um, obviously secret villainous British <laughs> man you'll ever meet. <laughs> That is Jeremy, Nor- Jeremy Northam's entire deal. Um, but yeah, some, some dudes show up. Uh, well, a dude t- uh, shows up and snatches her purse, which uh, Northam eventually reacts to. Um, but shit, twist. Northam's in on it. Oh. He's a bad dude. and He's got a silenced pistol. Yes. The, the, and all, in, in jumping back to that, the, yeah, the reaction timing of, of his is <laughs> it, it takes a bit of time to buffer, doesn't it? He's, it's almost yeah. he's making a decision whether to... <laughs> Do I care enough about this? I guess I... Yeah, it was the plan. Okay, here I go. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, yeah. she He has sex with her. But then she finds his gun, which is always awkward when that was after. Like, it does, it's never a good scene. It does kill the mood a bit. It does. Anyway, here you go. You can take that. Um, great, thanks. Anyway, I'm going to shoot you in the head now. Oh, you took... He eventually figures out that she took the bullets after showing an alarming lack of familiarity with the concept of a gun being unloaded. Yes. Also, I love that the alarming amount of familiarity that Sandra Bullock has with guns just because of the state she lives in. She's like, yeah, well, I was around guns a lot. Were you? (laughs) Thank God she knew to take one out of the chamber, which presumably she did do because later on we see her throw the clip away, but no references made to the round he presumably had chambered. Yes. At the point when he gave she gave it back to him. Never mind. Ah, but yes. She tries to start the engine, but it just sucks, and the Nissan logo is very prominently on display. Nissan, for when you need it most. <laughs> I love it because I missed that completely. The most blatant form <laughs> of product placement, and I'm just watching the SB. Yeah, just a shitty engine that doesn't work. <laughs> so she she eventually gets it running, but she crashes the boat. Uh, but fortunately, some nuns jump in after her, I choose to believe. Oh, what, a fisherman found her? No, nuns. Nuns, nuns. jumped in and Pi- pulled her from the water. Nun, nun pirates. 
Nun- pirate nuns. Fuck yeah. <laughs> now we have a premise. Pirate nuns. Uh, oh, shit, though. The news is reporting that the stock market got all messed up because the net went after them. Oh. oh. I'll tell well, you what else the net is up to. It checked her out of her hotel. She's now Ruth Marks instead of Angela. Oh, yes. it's uh, Yeah. The people at the like uh, embassy are like, we're pretty sure you're Ruth Marks. I'm pretty sure I'm not. Would you be willing to sign this? Yes. <laughs> Do we have anything yes, to will. match it against? No. Well, that's fine. We trust you. Yeah. Also, I, need to go back I, to I love these awful immigration people where she's clearly going, so if I don't sign this, I don't <laughs> get back to the US. That is correct. Well, then I will sign it. Oh, that checks out. <laughs> I'm going to sign this. Uh, but the score doesn't think it's a good idea. Oh, no. And who's this watching from behind a pillar? It's the net. Oh. <laughs> Sneaky net. She is fucked. <laughs> she gets home back to America and finds that her apartment has been completely cleared out. And there's no proof that she's really her. It was all on the net. Also, it's at this Damn point it. that I have my first question. I know it took me this long to have my first question about the credulity of the <laughs> plot. Where I go, if she lost <laughs> everything... How did she fly back? Where did she get the money to fly back? I guess she already had There's return be a flights. a couple of moments. <laughs> but it would have been under Angela, not Ruth Marks. So Yeah, exactly. And the tickets were presumably in the bag that got stolen. Were, like... <laughs> were they lovely enough to transfer all her funds into Ruth Marks as well? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, because she does inexplicably manage to pay for quite a lot of hotel rooms in the near future. we got we got like, to keep the alibi going. <laughs> Give her her money. We got to keep the movie going, and we need her to be at the very least well showered and sort of composed for various sequences. So yeah, Northam gives her a criminal history on the fly, um, but she's saved thanks to her superhuman hearing that allows her to hear the cop outside, um, or just who's running the record check, or just intuition. I guess it's like, oh, he's walking different towards me. That means I'm made. <laughs> he's getting a gun out, even though he's not in the room yet. No, so I'm guessing I'm in trouble. So yeah, he she runs away. She's now on the run for the cops because he's they've invented a criminal history for her. Uh, she tries to call her boss, only to find that the net got him. And uh, oh yeah, worse, there's, well, there's an SB working there. What? Who's this? I'm SB. Not SB. It is SB though. SB and two S. SB two. Oh yeah, Jeremy Northam now wants to track her, and she's got a uh, mobile phone that she stole from an estate agent. And he's like, it's a mobile. Just send out a signal from two transmitters and we'll find her in the bi- in the buy section. You need three for that. It's called it's called triangulation. It's like a whole it's a whole thing. Yeah, I was like, fuck it, I'll buy it. I guess it's the nineties. Maybe they didn't have triangulation <laughs> ready. <laughs> they did the, but, hang on a minute, guys. If we do this with three transmitters. So much better. We're really gonna nail this down. We That's are, what we, the war on terror has taught us. We've just been using <laughs> biangulation all this time. That's stupid. <laughs> It's what allows me to navigate all of the clubs I go to. (laughs) So, her only means of recourse uh, is um, to go to her friend, uh, who might be an ex, uh, an obvious sex pervert. He has a beard. Nice to see you too. I'm sorry, just go. Well, come on, I'm not a cab. Say hi. Hi. Can we go now? Yeah, now we can go. Listen, you still have that laptop that um, I, I gave you? Uh, where? I'm serious, do you have it? Yes, I have Okay, it. well, we need to go get it, and then I need for you to take me to a hotel room. Now that, that's doable. Alan, just go. Just go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She. So just to give a bit of backstory, she talks about an ex that she had, which was a shrink that she was seeing for a while. Ah. And she said, I 
I, yeah, I basically was lonely and he neglected to say that he had a wife. So it didn't last very long. And when she finally meets him, in walks the most shrink-looking shrink I've ever seen to come out of a 90s <laughs> film. This man is only getting to play psychiatrist. But I found out he's actually one of the most prolific stand-up comedians of like the 90s. Dennis Miller is his name. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. He's- that rings a bell. Yeah, Dennis Miller. But he, oh my yeah, God, yeah. that man is only going to play psychiatrist in the 90s. I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. And it's great having a psychiatrist in on this because he can do lots of talking about her state. Yeah. Do a lot of reflective mm. stuff, like all psychiatrists do in their day-to-day lives. Yes, and abru- uh, abuse his privilege heavily. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's going to have a go at gaslighting her for a bit, but when that doesn't work... Uh, he decides to try fixing up with his old FBI friend. Oh, yeah, that's going to go flawlessly. Ben Phillips. Um, a name I remember. Ben. <laughs> a na- ben, that's a great tagline if you're like an estate agent or something. Ben and Phillips. A name you can remember. <laughs> a name you might recall. <laughs> <laughs> so she does the computer stuff and finds out that all of this is because that doughy man from the start didn't really have AIDS. That's what he thought. That's why he shot himself. The net just wanted him gone, so they changed his medical records on the computer, uh, knowing that he would immediately kill himself. Yeah, I do actually... You know what? I do appreciate that they do draw attention to the fact... Yeah, one of his things was homophobia. (laughs) I was like, yes! (laughs) So that's why. Not that he wanted to spare his family his long, dark decline. He just couldn't stand the idea of having the gay virus. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Fine, you should have died. You're good. You're... (laughs) <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, yeah, yeah. We could all feel a lot better about the park-related death now. Oh, I was just going to say, I guess the guy who did the uh, the autopsy, uh, who found out he didn't have AIDS, he was just, like, super on board with the whole thing. Or was such a job's worth that he never really fucking told anyone. I mean, I'm assuming they killed him as well. Um, they may have killed him be- as well. Ugh. I was going to say, yeah, the other thing probably worth mentioning about this film is the entire the reason that they're going after Sandra Bullock is that she saw something she was not meant to see in one of the debugging programs. She had it on a floppy disk and they're trying to basically yeah. get the floppy disk from her. However, by the time she gets saved by the nuns, the floppy disk gets ruined in the water. So now she's trying to at least say that I don't have the floppy disk. And they're like, nah, you definitely have the floppy disk. She's like, well, fuck. Yeah. You got the floppy disk. So, yeah, she starts looking for her old contacts in the chat rooms in order to, I assume, find Jeremy Northam, since he's already demonstrated that he he knows about stuff that she posted there. Uh, But no, she just wants to find someone trustworthy and feels that this isn't compromised enough yet. So she finds uh, the one guy who lives in West Hollywood and is like, this is my fucking guy. (laughs) She knows no one else, Paul. I can trust this dude. She can't trust her (laughs) mum. She can't trust the guy from India. So she finds out that the bad guys are the Praetorians. And she has to be careful, though. So he suggests they meet IRL. What the hell does that mean? I'm an 80s man. (laughs) Meet in IRL in private. In real life. (laughs) You Wait, no, I need need an intervention here. You know what IRL means, yes? (laughs) I know what IRL means. I'm I was just like, making fun of the fact the movie felt the need to tell us. Oh, yeah. No, I was just thinking there, like, is this a blind spot in Paul's knowledge? <laughs> I've never seen that 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 phrase before. Whenever I've seen s- it, it uh, online, but I've never seen it, uh, uh, um, like, not not online. Yeah. <laughs> in meat space. In, I've never seen it in the meat space. I always thought IRL meant... Vastly superior in- phrase. In, you know, I was going to make a bit about what IRL means, and I just can't. So that's fine. 
It sounded like you were going for in media res. So yeah, like, man, in that's where I was. I know. <laughs> I just thought it meant in media res. I'm in idiot. real life. <laughs> Fuck. That's what it is. <laughs> shit. Oh shit! Though Norton interceded and got there first. Uh-oh. I guess, yes. And they also got to Sex Perfect's medicine. That's it. Cyberbob also, the same emoticon that Cyberbob uses in chat, he puts on his buzzer to his apartment <laughs> building just so that people can find him. I guess that bespeaks, perhaps, and preempts the uh, cockiness that online people feel uh, in the separation between the online space and the meat space and just believes that no one who knows about that emoticon will ever come knocking at their door. The arrogance Wise of Cyberbob. as Amy Mann said. Yeah, they'll come for you, Cyberbob. Yeah, so they also get to sex perverts medicine. If only little boy Jimmy Stewart had been on hand to see that he was getting the wrong medicine and get clipped around the ear for the benefit, but Alas. he wasn't, so... Yeah, he dies. He survives. He survives that. Well, he survives that. So they do it again. <laughs> exact same oh, thing. Oh yes, of course. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot which one you we were talking about. You mean the first time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they do it twice. <laughs> I'm beginning to see how this got to be two hours long. <laughs> but Jeremy Norton meets SB at the fair, uh, so they have a thrilling foot chase, and luckily she's able to get away thanks to the many exits that you can find. In a carousel. In the middle of a carousel. In <laughs> the middle of a carousel. It's a secret entrance, folks. You know what? In so their defense... past all the teenagers having sex. In their defense, I've never been to the middle of a carousel. So maybe there are. I no, don't know. No one would. That's how. That's what the teens know. Um, anyway, uh, she finds him all cardiac arresty and does a decent job of distracting all the doctors, but it doesn't work and he dies. So, uh. she's now just got sex pest car and... She's driving somewhere. I'm not entirely sure where. When? At this stage, it might just be away. Yeah, no, I think she's trying to run away. And she yeah. get. Yeah, where is she going? Oh, my God. This is why I take notes. <laughs> it does, she... <laughs> she doesn't seem to be going anywhere. It's, but it's his car, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's his car. So they've reported that it is stolen. Uh, they're very devious. So they've reported it's stolen. They know what car she's in. And she tries to evade the police, but crashes instantly. So they have to chase her over shitty ground. And they catch her very, very quickly. Just a very... A, a quite humorous, on-foot, very close-together chase. Where I'm like, this shouldn't be that much trouble for the cops. She- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get her her court defender. And the court defender is like... Um, what you're telling me is impossible. The local government systems are protected by the gatekeeper system. Why is that such common knowledge? Every, it, I have no idea what company is providing the security for my government. Maybe I should. It's all Maybe on the news. You need to be watching the news more closely. <laughs> Back in the 90s, people actually used to watch the news. Oh, this is the thing. I actually think that's correct. Like, I was thinking about this. Why does everyone know? Everyone at 6 p.m. sat down with their TV dinners and they watched the news together. <laughs> there wasn't stuff to do. People were on their phones. They all tuned in. To listen to Andrew Marr? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, she... <laughs> Who knows? But, um, yeah, she tries to call her mum, but, oh, God, it's the reason they gave the mum Alzheimer's so she wouldn't remember who she is and be able to help. <laughs> oh, dear. There we go. Poor mum. <laughs> Nevertheless. It, poor mum. Poor mum for that. Um, oh, my God, the FBI guy, FBI guy came through, though. Oh, he's obviously working for them. 
This was actually miraculous to me because they fucking got me. Because I remember, <laughs> I remember at the time that she gets arrested, I was like, well, you've lost fucking everyone now. Everyone's dead. How are they going <laughs> to write her out of this? And then when Ben Fields comes, I was like, fuck, I forgot about the FBI agent. It's like, oh, is the third act of this film a weird kind of hemmed in, like, takedown where the FBI actually gets involved? Oh, no, okay, he's in on it too. Or it's someone yeah. that they they knew about Ben Phillips, so they kill the real Ben Phillips and use one of their guys? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether he's a plant <laughs> or whether they're just pretending he's Ben Phillips. They never make I mean- that clear. At this stage, she is in jail with absolutely no one knowing who she really is and able to vouch for her. But they seem absolutely convinced that she'll have made a copy of this disc. Yes. Which they seemingly don't have access to, even though they do, I think, have access to all their shit. Because they've been using it this whole time. But also, I guess they're, they're presuming that she made a copy based on her job. They're like, of course you made a copy. Of course you did. Um, yeah, but... She yeah, didn't. And that's worth... <laughs> opening this movie's plot back up again because that's what happens she immediately manages to dispatch him and then yeah gets away um the pub they publicly announce that she's responsible for all of the crimes every single one yeah another thrilling chase scene involving a slow bridge um so yeah I'm, i'm all over the place with my notes now she sneaks into the office the old office that she used to work for and there's some high tension file access and finds out that the doughy white guy is behind it all the new one there's a new one and he like runs the uh he's the guy who succeeded the last doughy white guy and he's he's a bad dude yeah he runs the Um, he runs the company uh that is responsible for the gatekeeper program so he stands to benefit by uh killing off the old senator and also yeah it's basically a way of being like oh i have all the power yeah, she, he's going to install security software in all of the government institutions that will give him access to absolutely everything. <sighs> and she manages to learn all this, and she owes it all to FedEx and to people not logging out of their workstations when they leave their desks. Come on, people. Learn. Put it in sleep mode. I get- <laughs> <laughs> Mine's in sleep mode right now. Right now. Just in case. Just in case Bowser comes in and starts trying to get at those files. Yeah, he's a, he's a fucker, that Bowser. So, he's a fucker. And he's working for the enemy. Don't ever <laughs> believe otherwise. Uh, she escapes in a fireman get-up that she seemingly ditches in the middle of the street. <laughs> Keep it with you for at least a little while, but sure. Get away from there. It's hit, Hitman rules. It's been compromised. <laughs> um, yeah. So she runs all the way to the climax of the film, which is conveniently being held down the street. I There's a great big expo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the expo is. It's like a tech expo, I guess, or some sort it's of... It's like a tech-po. Yeah, a tech-po. <laughs> you know, it's where the kids po. are. <laughs> and she's in, she loses herself amongst the kids. And yeah, there's a dramatic email writing and walking around sequence that ultimately ends with her uploading all the evidence and bringing the whole dang system down yeah. by putting a disc from earlier that has a virus on it that will activate if he presses the escape key. That's it. So let's hope he does that. I'm going to wipe out everything you've done simply by escaping the system with this escape key that I shall now press. Remember, audience? Remember the remember the foreshadowing? If you don't, it's a very weird ending. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, good. There's still time for another foot chase. And uh, yeah, she kills him with a fire extinguisher. It's the last you'll hear of any of them. Yeah, no, no, that's it. That's the that's all the Praetorians taken down. 
<laughs> all both of them. Like my under- and, my uh, understanding uh, is the entire Praetorian society <laughs> is the main white guy, uh, yeah, the hitman, the second Angela Bennett, and fake Ben Phillips. <laughs> it could well be, ah, uh, but yeah, that ultimately concludes the net. She decided to live with her mum, so it's good. Yes, I. Th- the end. Yes, yes, the end of the net. The net never comes back <laughs> until the net two. Oh no! Ah, okay. Okay. Righty ho. <laughs> what do you want right. to talk about? Okay, so. What do we want to talk about? I want to talk about the net and its various ins and outs. So, as you've already indicated, this uh, uh, held up for you. Look, honestly, I unabashedly love this film. I think a lot of it comes <laughs> down to the, the charm and the wit of Sandra Bullock. But the thing that I... And this is something that I'm always very fascinated by with films is that I am always fascinated by this idea that people feel that you can't have a bad film or a not particularly great film but also have an incredible performance. I think that Sandra Bullock's performance of this is actually quite nuanced, emotional and engaging Mm. and subtle in all the right ways despite some of the material that Mm. she has given. I'm constantly... She is someone that brings me along with the film and I actually... I love a lot of the moments she has... A, with her mother, it feels like a very real dynamic, a very oh, real sure. chemistry. And despite the creepiness of the shrink, I do believe that there's a well of history between the two here. And while misguided, I understand like the falling back of a toxic, falling back into a toxic relationship and what mm. that kind of means. And I feel like I'm, and it's something that I remember talking with you, Paul, a couple of months ago when I was trying to look at this style of film, the idea of the um it's the Alfred Hitchcockian normal person gets caught yeah. up in a in a conspiracy. Um and yes. I just I love the way that this is executed, despite uh the incredulity of some of the plot. Um I still feel mm. that the the beats are there, the beats are adhered to, and it's still it was still an engaging film in all its chicanery and 90s-ness <laughs> and heavy-handedness of, like, you get to the third act and you're like, okay, I understand your thesis. You're trying to say that we should be careful what we put on the net. There's literally monologues that yeah. are bashing it into you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just, I had a whole bunch of fun with this film and there's a, I guess there's a nostalgia with the 90s as well. And But I found myself engaged with this film in that I felt that despite here's the weird thing despite the incredulity and i'm using this word a lot and despite the kind of uh ham-fisted nature of it i did feel there was a lot of subtlety in the performances that allowed me to overlook a lot of the clear (laughs) clear over the topness and um what's the word i want yeah over the topness of the writing i guess sure okay that's kind of my stance on it fair enough i think for me, there's definitely potential there. There's a really interesting sort of concept. And I do like the original idea that they were going to have, which is that nobody was actually solely responsible for this. You know, that there wasn't a concerted effort. It was just a sort of kind of manifestation of the system, of the various wills of various people working against each other that just kind of made this happen. 
Um, and it's a shame that it then became a slightly more conventional sort of, you know, uh, corporate conspiracy thriller, mm. uh, similar to the Parallax View and that kind of thing. Um, and Sandra Bullock is very likable. Um, she's, you know, always very compelling um, in her performances, particularly in this sort of era of her career. She really did throw a lot into it, which you have to appreciate. I think there was a fair amount of downtime for me where I just wasn't fully engaged with the sort of nuts and bolts of what was going on. And I think the weak link there may be the director, um, who I don't know if he quite found a way to sort of make the various kind of chase sequences or kind of tension sequences as compelling as I would have liked them to have been. Um, the moment where he takes out the mugger, you know, has to be a very mercenary kind of ruthless decision kind of reached in the in the sort of, you know, the island. Um, and it was just a bit flat for me. Um, it was always just a little too obvious what was going on. The you know, and I didn't necessarily mind. Like, I, I know some people have complained about the incredulity of the whole thing. You know, I'm fine with the idea that if someone is able to compromise technological systems, you're essentially able to erase a person. Um, and I do remember being quite swept up in that when I was a kid, um, sort of watching this, because I did watch it sort of in the 90s, I'm pretty sure. Um, and I do remember being quite uh, frightened by the sort of gaslighting that goes on to convince her that, you know, nothing she knows is actually real. Um yeah, this time around, I guess it's just, it ends up being reduced in just a few too many sort of expository sequences. And that becomes a lot uh, more prolific in the yeah. second half of the film, I feel. There's a, there's a stark yeah. difference between the first and the second half of this film where they can't help but mm. try and over-explain things and layer it in uh, ways that they really don't yeah. need to. And I really, I'm fascinated by your uh, your idea of where we actually don't know how big this organization is like if, if we didn't put faces sure. to it if we just said the the praetorians and have an ending where it's yeah. not clear that she's safe because we simply do not know how how far the rabbit hole goes yeah. and it really speaks to the i love the 90s lens of security threat um uh, of there mm. because you know you're in a world where especially in the 90s the the depth and the breadth of the internet is not entirely clear for the for the layman for people we're, yeah, yeah. we're unclear of what the net represents what the internet represents at this point what it what its potential is for for use and yeah. misuse and i so i i love their um attempt at being able to look at what it could mean for an everyday person to lose mm. their identity but i feel that uh, I think you are correct in that the director is incorrect for this piece. Yeah, I think so. And ultimately, those anxieties kind of manifest as a sort of Frankenstein slash 2001, which, you know, which is Frankenstein kind of concern of the idea of the creation turning on the creator. And ultimately, that takes the form of, you know, we should the, the Internet is the unknown. We should distrust it because it's too easily manipulated. And it's an issue of dependency. You know, people shouldn't depend upon the internet. They should forge communities. They should know their neighbors. You know, you should get out and communicate with people and continue to have meaningful social relationships because you can depend on those in a way that you just can't uh, with the internet, which is fine if a little grouchy and a little sort of one-sided um, in its outlook. But hey, these are, you know, relatively older dudes who were writing in the 90s and were presumably quite understandably and not entirely unjustifiably afraid of the technological changes that they were seeing taking part in their society. Yeah. And, and they're not unrelatable anxieties now. You no. Know, a lot of these anxieties endure. 
Mm. But it's 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 incredibly admirable in its in its goal. Like I, you know, it, these are these are real life things that I that I don't know about you, but especially when we were creating the mm. podcast that we were, there was a massive conversation that we had around what information and what aspects of ourselves we were happy to put onto the internet, even just down to the idea of our names. Uh, our our yeah, full yeah. names and and what that can mean. Like at at the point that uh we're recording now, over two podcasts, there are hundreds, hundreds upon hundreds of hours of me talking, and just eventually, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. someone could take that and make a a very clear indication of my life and and draw conclusions and such. And it, so there is a a very distinct worry, especially now with we we are aware of what the capability of of the internet and and like being chronically online. Uh, what threats yeah, and what yeah. things that can represent and how, how I guess, clued in we need to be and what we are putting and taking off online. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I recently had a phone stolen, you know, last December. So I'm very familiar with that sort of anxiety that suddenly courses through you, the idea that people might have access to your own private world. And increasingly, you know, that is something that we're all eventually going to experience. You know, generally scamming, uh, anti-scammer advice is increasingly these days you're not going to be able to prevent scammers getting access to your stuff. Eventually that'll happen. Yes. It's about making sure that you've got a robust enough response to it happening. That's um, it. Which is a very frightening idea. I, I think as as well yeah. for something like the net, you know, because you're taking uh, a lot of these anxieties and a lot of these ideas that 90s writers and especially white men are uh, looking at presenting, you have to uh, package it in a palatable uh, uh, presentation for the audience. And, and a lot of that can come in the form of obviously a cookie, cookie cutter uh, yeah. thriller or an action film um, as such. And that is fine. And I guess it comes yeah. down to me. What are you looking to? Uh, what are you looking to take? What are you looking to present with this film? Are you just looking to entertain the audience with a side of, well, are you thinking about this, or is it the opposite? Uh, is this actually an art- yeah. artistic expression? And there is like a a, a a desire to appease a studio by going, okay, and we're going to put a bit of just you know. Uh, bit of action a bit of sex a bit of whatever like what is the what is the hierarchy of needs with a film like this in in how you're presenting because that's where i got a little bit confused or not confused just uh wary of when we hit the second act where i'm noticing a lot more of these soapboxy monologues and such where they're going and here's the thesis for the film i'm going well you weren't putting as as high a priority on this on before so i'm like are you just now trying to cram the exposition into the back end of this film to justify everything that's come before it and also to sort of work towards what a happy ending when you know potentially they've written themselves into a corner where you know how are you gonna save yourself from the internet if it's taken against you you know if there's a giant shadowy cabal how can one person you know kind of come away with a conventional happy ending yes um I think also like the I think the main issue for me because I am you know all of this is quite interesting and quite a good thing to sort of explore and to sort of have as a sort of central thesis of your film the moment to moment sort of uh, energy of the film didn't quite sweep me away as I would hope from a sort of thriller you know the actual the, the tension around the various sequences and establishing the emotional stakes and kind of just getting you to fully invest in her life and why it's such a terrible thing that is being stripped away from her flawed as it was 
And I don't know, I just didn't get that sort of itch, that pang of anxiety. Like I remember feeling the first time I saw it when I was a kid and she returns home and finds it completely empty and, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I think it, it does work. It works. It, it's it's entertaining enough and it's asking some interesting questions, but I'm not sure that it just entirely works for me. And that's, yeah, and that's completely fair. And that's what I, I think I love sure. about a film like this because I, I look at it and I, I, I had the opposite response where I was fully expecting sure, sure. to not engage with it. Whereas a big yeah, yeah. part of why I was happy to go along with a lot of the, 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 the foils and kind of the, uh, the shortcuts of this film was I did feel that emotional connection to Angela uh, and, I, oh, yeah. and I want her to succeed and I want her to have the happy ending. Um, mm. And I, I, I feel the anxiety and, and the stress that, that she goes through. Um, and, yeah. and, and maybe there's a, there's a lot of relatability for myself in, in a character like her and where she's kind of at in her life at the beginning of this film. Um, that's potentially yeah. a big aspect to it as well. Uh, which is, I, I mean, I'm presumably so. That is a that is a desire of the filmmaker. You have a protagonist that you're going, cool. Let's let's make you as sympathetic as possible, so that you can overlook a lot of the aspects of the film. Um, but yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that's just an ass. And look, I can be maybe I'm just charmed by Sandra Bullock to that effect. So that is going to kind of color mm. how I perceive a film like <laughs> that as well. That's entirely possible. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, it, the fact that the film was a box office success clearly demonstrates that they did tap into an anxiety that was very acutely felt at the time. And I think it also takes on this very familiar kind of, you know, one ordinary person versus big faceless kind of corporate society slash government out of control thing that is very popular in general. You know, people like that sort of sense of injustice, you know, where they can see a sort of lone person sort of struggle and succeed against the system, whatever that system is and the Internet represents a big system you want to kind of feel that that is possible for you in your life and i think what's very interesting mm. is that's why i'm so fascinated about action films or thriller films where the protagonist is not capable or they are capable in very specific mm. aspects because i think you run into a potential of how do you relate to action heroes it's great escapism, yeah, sure. but if they're completely capable yeah. of fending for themselves and coming out of top of every situation, there is the stakes are harder to feel. Whereas if you grab a, uh, I don't know, a Sandra Bullock or a, I don't know who's a, who's who's somebody that the kids watch these days, where like the <laughs> the idea is that oh they're in a situation, how are they going to get out? Because I don't I don't think I would be able to do so. But you take this, where I think their strength is, is that they very, and yes, it is a very 90s sensibility of what a hacker is, but they lean towards, they draw a clear distinction between where her, um, where her strengths lie and where her weaknesses are. And you put her in any sort yeah. of kind of immediate danger. Whereas, but then again, you also kind of fall on your own premise there because she seems so adept at using, of, kind of acknowledging and working a gun she never fires one but she clearly goes oh that's that is that i know how to dismantle it and completely disengage i yeah, go yeah, yeah. that's giving i don't know what i'm trying to say here but it's, it's this idea of like the the power that you give a character in a film i feel mm. needs to be very strategic in its setup and its execution if you want to be able to have a character that is both sympathetic and uh you have an ability to feel fear for them yeah no absolutely and it's not you know it's a familiar enough sort of character type it's the woman in trouble kind of uh character mode yes um yeah and and it, it does work well and i think sandra bullock's a very good sort of example um of that archetype 
yeah, no, I, I think it, it's it's good stuff. Um, it's it's interesting because yeah, I, I had no idea what energy you were going to come in with with this. I I watching it, you know, feeling a little unengaged at various points during the very long sort of chase sequences. I had no idea if you were going to come in and sort of you know say, oh, this is a terrible movie I don't like, <laughs> or yeah, if you were going to end up massively defending it. So you know, I, I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased to sort of. Yeah. Yeah, I guess this is a bit of this is a bit of a defense episode, I guess. Go watch the net, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Find out for yourselves. I mean, it definitely had a cultural impact. I remember there's a bit in Seinfeld that references the net. Oh god. Where um I think it's George Costanza's dad talks about uh Two months ago, I saw a provocative movie on cable TV. It was called The Net with that girl from the bus. <laughs> <laughs> sort of just talks about how that's made him really aware of computers so yeah it was definitely a movie made in exactly the right time and place and is quite prescient in that sense and yeah and it is to its favor it is very fascinating because it comes uh sandwiched between some big uh sandra bullock vehicles obviously we uh you know for no pun intended starts with speed which obviously was her rise into the mainstream kind of hollywood uh stratosphere but then you know that's uh Mm. Uh, after that, she kind of goes a little bit left with a uh, Time to Kill, which was based on the John Grisham film with Sandra Bullock, Kevin Spacey, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Matthew McConaughey. Yep. But then also, and then obviously she's in uh, Prince of Egypt uh, before, oh, yeah, be- before heading into Miss Congeniality, where she hits kind of a second gear. But I, I think it's a very interesting time to have something like the net sandwiched in between, because I think while it was yeah. culturally impactful at the time, it's definitely moved to the back in terms of when you're looking at her filmography it's it's i guess a little bit a little bit of an yeah. unknown i think it's probably fair to say mm. yeah i think so yeah absolutely okay well let's get to quick fire oh. quick fire quick fire um i don't have too many um so let's you start let's yeah, See sure. I can get. Okay, well then I'm going to start with a a very um simple one, which is just any. It's the chemistry that that Sandra Bullock oh. has with basically anyone. I feel that she has this innate ability to have a very uh lived experience with a lot of uh people, even mm. if it's uh not a very uh drawn uh together relationship you always feel that she has an established background with everyone and there's from an acting standpoint what i love is she's a she's very much a listening actor and she's somebody that has mm. a kind of a a lived relationship with everyone that she is meant to have a lived experience with and i very much appreciate about that about her as an actor yeah i definitely got more of that from her than some of the supporting characters around her yes. like the ex-boyfriend who it does just feel like a bit of a for a moment i could have sworn that he would have just been working because he did for the bad guys because he did just kind of have that stoogy kind of feel to him where he was just there to further gaslight her that's it and further be incredulous yeah um yeah but no um yeah she does it really well um when the guy kills himself he does so in a very cool sculpture in a park that they've picked which looks like a man who has sunk into the ground it's kind of like this ironwork that kind of grows out of the ground and it's quite a good little i guess visual metaphor for the idea that he's you know feeling overwhelmed and is you know slipping under but yeah it was a good little sculpture to do that in 
Um, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, um, in terms of visuals, I love the representation mm. of a expo. I just, I, I love using a good expo from the 90s in a thriller. <laughs> it came out of left field. I did not. But of course, you're looking at a technological film from the 90s. It's just the gross white and just the, the amount of people that are packed into a center and there's the cacophony yeah. of sound. I'm like, this seems like the worst place to be. I never want to be near here, yeah. but God, I love looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's quite a good moody evening shot with the score. She's in a parking lot. Um, this is just before it gets cleared out, I think. I think she arrives back home. Um, and is in a parking lot, and there's just there's something kind of chill about the vibe of the whole thing in a way that I tend to look for in my 90s movies. Yes. There's always that one moment where the score just reaches a really nostalgic kind of peaceful place and there's like a, a nice little aesthetic going on. And that's what I needed. I love that. Yes, I, I was going to say um, it's usually in the second or third uh, establishing scene. You know, we've we've been introduced to the character and then we get to see the character Espy pottering around her oh, home. Yeah. And there's that kind mm. of... Uh, Usually it's synth, um, synth inspired uh, in terms of its score, but it's very, yeah. it's very homely. It's very comforting. It's very nostalgic, and the score was a big, oh, w- yeah. a big one for me. And and I give me mm. a late nineties, uh, sorry, late eighties, early nineties, uh, uh, thriller esque <laughs> score, and I am at home. Yeah. It's very comforting. Oh god, yeah. Um, so a score is another one for me. <laughs> Um, really like Jeremy Northam in a turtleneck and sunglasses at one stage. It's like, what's the temperature today? But he's wearing a turtleneck jumper and sunglasses and it looks really bright out. And it's just like, I love that this is what a villain looks like to the <laughs> British man in a turtleneck and sunglasses. Love that. Oh, we just hate him wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> Smug bastards. I love... So much being communicated about class in that moment. Yes. <laughs> I love whoever the costume designer... Uh, and the just the and the director, everyone getting together to go. How do we make someone look like a psychiatrist? And just found the most psychiatrist-looking motherfucker they can ever. <laughs> the minute he walked in the door, went, "That's the ex-boyfriend. That's him. He is going to." Yeah. Sh- it's you know what? What are the nineties? Because I don't think we use the word anymore. But he is a shrink, a shrink in the yeah. in the strictest <laughs> of definitions. And I was all here for it. Love that. Um, I found it very affecting when Sandra Bullock was on the phone to her mum. You know, there yes. was this horrible moment with this idea that this is the one person who absolutely should definitely recognize who you are and be able to tell strangers, yes, this is my daughter, and she just doesn't have that. And that was a very sad moment. There is a particular moment where it is at the... When she's in the prison. Uh, so when she's finally been... Um, uh, captured as it were and she's been arrested and it, it's it's a moment where I think for the first time it it feels like a defeated Sandra Bullock like at this point she's been at least yeah. game enough to keep running to keep um you know as as we say the uh the archetype of the um the uh, 
the woman running away, um, the the woman out of sorts, and and this felt like a moment where she's like, oh shit, how is this person going to get out of this? Like at this point, I go, this yeah. person's dead, this person's dead. Uh, there's no like yeah. everything's been erased, and it, <laughs> I think Sandra Bullock is is fantastic at uh, showing a, a a human being defeated and deflated and kind of void yeah. of all fight at that point until yeah. the uh, FBI agent, quote unquote, comes through. But there's just a moment where I go, fuck, just to see a, like, a human being at the end of their wits is so distressing to watch. Um, mm. And yeah. Um, I really like near the end when there is a glitch, a very sort of deliberate glitch on the... Um on the uh, computer screens, which is the virus that she's used to uh, destroy the bad guys. Um, it then morphs that very colorful glitch into the flower bed of the sort of happy ending that she's achieved. Yes. And that, was, that was a nice little transition. I quite like that. Sandra Bullock's physicality throughout this film, as somebody that has to spend 50% oh, yeah. of the film running around, she is throwing herself into doors. There's a point where they have the foreshadowing <laughs> with the fire extinguisher where she slams against a door, ricochets back, and throws her back into the fire extinguisher. And there's a very, like, it's a, it's a real fucking fire extinguisher. She is, I, I have no doubt that woman is bruised and battered, battered throughout the entirety of this yeah. film. And I, it's, it is, it is fantastic to watch a film where I can tell that the majority of it is Sandra Bullock. Obviously, there's not enough. There's not a lot of fight scenes, but it's someone that was clearly game to kind of throw herself in it from the get go. Yeah, love that. Ah, oh, amazing. And I think my last one really is just that I do enjoy the premise. I like the idea of a sort of, yeah, person on the run because you know something it has taken against them and suddenly none of the technology is supporting who they are. It's a, it's a solid premise and I, I enjoy the fact that it was handled when it was. I, and I think that's it for me. I think I might have a couple more. One of, one of mine is just very uh, much the, look, I don't know if this is accurate to the time or if it's their understanding and representation, but oh my God, every program in the computing systems, the very '90s feel, <laughs> the games that they're yeah. showing, the the hacking modules and and little nodes yeah. and programs. It's so horrifically '90s. It looks ugly as all hell. And oh <laughs> my god, yeah. I try to like kind of cast myself back to the '90s and go, did did this look like this? I don't know. <laughs> Love that. Uh, I don't know if it's oh. a good thing, but there's a particular moment in the in the beginning of the film when she has just met up with the uh, the gentleman uh, on the beach, and they're having a conversation. And I think he's starting to talk about oh, he's talking about some nonsense. And oh my god, she is blinking <laughs> a lot. Oh wow, okay. she is, it, and it's very. <laughs> it was like Morse code. It was like a double blink every couple of seconds, <laughs> and it never happens oh, anywhere shit. else in the film. And I was fascinated. <laughs> just I just signaling her agent. Yeah, I was like, I could not. She's like, get me out of here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just remember <laughs> very clearly. She's going, is there something in your eye? In both your eyes? I'm unclear. <laughs> That's so interesting. Oh, God. And yeah. <laughs> look, I'm sure there are a lot of kind of like little moments here and there. A lot of it's probably just me gushing over uh, Sandra Bullock and and her, her charm and her little <laughs> moments. But I think just in general, I appreciate... So- the the understated nature of her performance and her little reactions um, and such that feels a lot more about showing rather than telling. Um, 
And I think yeah. she was a she was a fantastic she was a great choice for this kind of film. I think you mm. could cast a lot of people in this film, especially people who are big in the nineties, and I don't think it works as well. Yeah. That's good. I wish the uh, the director maybe had given put a bit more faith in that and sort of given her some more of those moments and taken away some of the dialogue. Because as it stands, this feels like a very script writer's film. Yes. And I'd love to have seen, yeah, a more directorial voice or a more sort of performance-driven kind of uh, scenario there. Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, that'll be me, Amazing. I think. Amazing. Cool. Well, we have had some response from the OG team, which is impressive, seeing as I only remembered to do this about nine hours ago. I did get that notification. So, thank you, OG team. <laughs> Yep, sorry about that. <laughs> Thanks, Hoji team. First of all, the Patreons. Uh, Luke Ciancio saying, Yes, I watched this sometime in the 2000s and it became formative viewing for me. I remember it uh, seeming very stereotypically American and the tech being very basic. I will rewatch to see how it holds up. I don't think those aspects are going to change very much. <laughs> um, it is very American. I think it will still. It is very American. And yes, the technology is relatively basic. Um, but nevertheless, yeah, I'd be... Although it looks similar to what, you know, the tech bros are trying to get going in, like, Decentraland. It's a similar kind of vibe to... Kind of aesthetic, <laughs> yeah. But to... Yeah, I think so. God, they must love the net. Um, meanwhile, on Twitter, Scott Z is saying, I was one of the few people in the theatre that laughed out loud when she was typing in an IP address that had an octet of something like 345. I'm not smart enough to get what that means. Nope. But <laughs> I'm glad you got humor out of it. <laughs> I'm glad that that was hilarious. Please write back and tell, ex please explain why. Um, uh, Mr. And then somehow I, Twitter has allowed them to have just a blank void as after the Mr. Just a big black oh, rectangle. Okay. Um, which is drawing me in at Mr. Rhodes nine. It's a net. Uh, says Mozart's ghost. <laughs> but yes, Mozart's ghost. Fuck. Yeah. Um, that was fun. That felt very, of the time, the whole Mozart's ghost oh, sort of interface. That was also in that's also a one uh, a, a good thing about the film. I love the games. I want to play some of those games, please. <laughs> oh yeah, well Wolfenstein is in there, isn't it? Yes. That's the thing that she's like playing first up. <laughs> love that. And then finally, Kevin Osterhout, Os Kevin Osterhout, um, at Kevdog two one one two says. Uh, with that, with that girl from the bus. The girl <laughs> Yay, from the bus. I'm not the only one who remembers Seinfeld. <laughs> I feel bad that I don't remember this because Seinfeld is my jam. I apologize to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the one where uh, George discovers his dad is selling computers from the garage, and um, oh, he's like, um, he's like, what is all this? And he's like, I got the idea from that movie, The Net, with that girl from the bus. <laughs> <laughs> then he ends up selling computers. Um, with the guy who had the anger management issues. Yeah, Serenity oh, Now, Insanity Later. Sure. That's exactly the episode, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you, uh, OG team. Sean, in spite of how much you like this, do you have a one better thing? The one better thing. Oh, absolutely. It's speed. It's speed. Oh, <laughs> speed. Of course da, it is speed. Da, 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 da. 1994 da, vehicle, da, 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 da. vehicle film for Keanu Reeves. But it was ah, like and, and Dennis Hopper and Sandra Bullock, everybody and um, what's his name who plays Harry? Okay, <laughs> all... <laughs> yeah, it, 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 this was a vehicle for all of them. I was going to say it's a film that I mean catapulted Sandra Bullock into the limelight, reestablished Keanu Reeves. It's a film that they find out years later both of them had a crush on each other during the film and didn't Aww. tell each other, 
and they find out, Aww. I think on Ellen, of all things. Um, Ellen DeGeneres, <laughs> not Graham. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and look, <laughs> but on Ellen. I don't know how much that chemistry translate chemistry translates onto the screen because the idea of chemistry in <laughs> Keanu Reeves is kind of an oxymoron. But <laughs> it's I remember yeah. loving that film and I think it's got the same 90s craziness that you need to have with a bonkers premise. So... And also yeah. includes a sequel, Speed 2, Cruise Control, that has Sandra Bullock in it again. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm they fucking foe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. So go watch oh, it God. if you haven't yeah, watched no, Speed. Absolutely. Speed is one of my favorite movies of the 90s. It's such a good action film. I try to rewatch it every summer. <laughs> every 10 years. <laughs> it's just sublime. Every 10 years. Every 10 months I watch Speed, so I'm getting earlier. <laughs> it's like Ramadan in that sense. It's moving through the year. It's like a, it's a it's and a religious it's, uh, experience at this point. <laughs> it really is. I love that movie. Um, I'm going to go with something that was very similar and quite close, which is that a few years later, in 1998, goddamn it, um, you've got Enemy of the State, oh! in which basically a very similar thing happens to Will Smith. I love Enemy of the State. Gene Hackman as well. It's yeah. such a oh, it's such yes. a ninety like a late nineties film as well. <laughs> It is, and a sort of stealth sequel to the conversation. If you want to go down yeah. that route, but um, yeah, I I really I, I really like that movie. It's like the only Tony Scott film. Ah, Last Boy Cat, Boy uh, Boy Scout's quite fun as well. But it's one of the very few Tony Scott films that I really like. Um, generally, his style turns me off a little bit. What you d- you don't like Unstoppable? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the biggest Unstoppable fan, but I feel like I know someone who loves it. Oh, I think it's my flatmate. Oh God. Yeah, that's not that's not ideal. Um, but nevertheless, yes, Enemy of the State, similar premise, man sort of thrown into a sort of tech thriller sort of um, chase kind of thing. But that movie has, just for me, a much more distinct sort of visual style and sort of momentum. Like, I really distinctly remember the sequences in that, which are similar to this, of him sort of, you know, discovering his cards don't work or discovering that his identity's been stolen and, like, the, the feeling of frustration, you know, and the anger that Will Smith is able to sort of project, um, which was apparently coming from a real place. Uh. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Enemy I of a State has really a Enemy of a State has a frenetic pace that uh, the mm. net doesn't. The net uh, deliberately kind of uh, sits in its moments and has a more languid kind of yeah. feel. And I remember there's like a breakneck speed to Enemy of a State that doesn't let up. Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of which, I do also want to throw a little love towards Hackers. Uh, consult episode on that for sort of 90s um, sci-fi cyberspace uh, shenanigans <laughs> tell me how do you feel about um, Eagle Eye <laughs> god I haven't seen that in a very long time but I remember that being a big prestigial release it got released in like the BFI IMAX like the biggest screen in Britain and it was like come see Eagle Eye it's this year's Avatar <laughs> yeah. oh my god <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was the same year as Avatar anyway Check out the one better things. The one better thing. Wow. And after they've done that, Sean, how can they find out about you and what you're all about? Oh, you know what? You can find me in a few places. Uh, number one, if you want to see me personally, at Sean Means John on most <gasps> social medias. Uh, however, I am primarily a part of Roll to Cast, R O L E. We're a yeah. TTRPG variety podcast where we play a different game every season. Uh, so we've done everything from Cyberpunk to Pulp Cthulhu, which had Paul Goodman 
uh, as a member of. Um, also, you can Ooh. hear Paul Goodman's uh, orchestration and such because we uh, commission him for his music in a majority of our seasons. And currently, yeah. uh, and quite timely, we're in our season of Dune, uh, Adventures in the Imperium. It's our season Ooh. 10. So, And that is the music of Paul Goodman as well. So, yeah, if you, if you like role-playing games or you just like fun stories and, uh, you know, something a little bit different, um, come check us out. Uh, uh, prolific One Good Thinger, Ellen Graham, uh, is also um, yep. in World Cast. And She's all actually, over all it. of us have been uh, on the show. So, yeah, that's kind of primarily me. Yeah. Um, also, we're doing a bunch of live shows at the Adelaide <laughs> Fringe starting February 24th. Uh, and then March 2nd, March 9th, and March 16th. So if you're in Adelaide, Australia, and part of the Adelaide Fringe, come down and see us do a bit of a live show, Rollercast Live. Do it. Go do that now. And then once you've done that, you can then look into the various other things that the polls have got going on. First of all, OTT Pod will get you all the uh, one good thing updates that you need, but there's also Quest Fantastic, our TTRPG uh, podcast that we do in bitter rivalry with... Uh, with um, World cast. Yes, it's and... it's very good, and I'm very upset about that. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's also uh, Jen and the film critic, and the various other endeavors that you can read about in the episode description. Yes, I'm the Paul description. I'm Sean with a different last name now. <laughs> and remember, the one good thing about the net is that the person who's caught in it is SB. SB.